0: Like we've been in Luke a long time, it's because we have. Um, and we've uh, learned a lot. I've learned a lot from you that you have as well. But here at the end of Luke, um, Luke is kind of drawn his whole story to a close. And in the past today, I feel like what he's doing is really saying, like, hey, here's everything I've already said, those hundred messages we've already looked at, or ninety-eight at this point that we've already looked at. And he's saying Here's the most important part. Here's what's central. Here's what's key. And I feel like he's just kind of summing it all up here um, in the passage we're going to look at, at today. Um, and so where are we in the story? Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then uh, he appeared to these guys. Or, uh, Marjorie gave me a different interpretation last week that I'm still wrestling with. So uh, where it says two disciples, I've always assumed that was two guys walking together. Marjorie said, well, Wayne, what if it was... Uh, We know there are two disciples uh, walking on the road to Emmaus. Um, And so, uh, in in with that, uh, Jesus appears to them, he talks to them, he explains scripture to them, he tells them about himself. um, And then uh, those two disciples, uh, in turn, return back uh, to the rest of the disciples. They're telling him, telling all the disciples, hey, we've seen Jesus, he really is risen from the dead. This is a real thing, this has really happened. And uh, they come in, uh, disciples, and when they're while they're talking about this, Jesus appears in the room with them, and he proves the fact to you know, This is what we looked at last week. He proves the fact that he has bodily, in a very real way, risen from the dead. He is no longer dead. He is very, very alive. Um, and so, and the way that Luke reads here, it almost reads as if all this kind of happens in a day. Road to Emmaus, and he's in the, up this room with the, the disciples, teaching them, and then he says what he, we're going to look at today, uh, and then they just leave there and go out uh, to the outside town, and then he ascends into heaven. Um, it's kind of the way that Luke reads, uh, but what we—that's the good thing about having multiple accounts—is we know that this was this part that we're looking at today was something that actually took place over. He's just putting a summary together here at the end, kind of summarizing what all happened in this period, um, whereas it actually gives a little more detail um, about what was going on around here. So as we read this, just keep that in mind, that this is something that that was happening over a little over a month period, uh, where Jesus is with them, working with them, showing them these things. Um, it's not necessarily all of this was just like a, So, let's look at where we are today. We're in Luke chapter 24, and we're starting in verse 44. Then he, being Jesus, said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And so he starts with them, he he goes here to the same same method that he, he took the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He took the Old Testament, he took all of God's Word that was before him and he, he takes it and he shows them. he's like, look, here, this explains it for you. This explains, like this prophet here, he said this about what was going to happen with my life. You know what happened with my life? That exact thing is what happened with my life. And he, he walks uh, through um, the Old Testament, the, the law, the Word of God, and he shows them how it all pertains to him. Uh, now, when we we're looking at the to We kind of walked through this together and we looked at some of these different passages. So if you weren't here two weeks ago, you can actually listen to that on our website or our podcast. Uh, uh, Jacinta does a great job of editing those for us and making sure they get up. So if you're never here and you want to say, hey, I missed that passage or you're in your own personal Bible study and you're Testament pertaining to Jesus, but here uh, it specifically mentions that the Psalms he um, mentions those. So, so that made me think about uh, maybe Jesus uh, took him to Psalm 22, which he quoted on the cross, where he said, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" Maybe um, he took him to Psalm 110, uh, which he quotes about himself when he's on trial, and he says the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Talking about the fact that after he rose from the dead, he's going to ascend into heaven. He's going to be seated at the right hand of God the Father. And David said that all the way back in the Psalms. That, hey, here's what's going to happen. Here's how it's going to be. And so so Jesus, he, he does this for the disciples again. And so if, this is something that we should probably be careful about as us to want to kind of just look at the New Testament um, because uh, that's the stuff that that more easily just Take a little more work. It might take a little bit more to understand. It might take a little bit more to apply to your life. And that's what we're gonna see next. Is um, how many in your Bibles have red letters for what Jesus says, okay. and then everything else is in black. That's a very common thing in Bibles, and mine has that here, and, and which is good. It helps us kind of signify what Jesus said, but, but also it, it can be a challenge. As well, because what you naturally do in your brain as you're reading these passages is you say, Oh, well, the red part's the important part. And then the black part's the less important part. So our next verse today is the black part. And I want to propose to you that it's one of the most important parts. So let's not just skim over the black part to get the more red part. But let's see what the black part says. Verse 45. And he opened their minds to understand These are people that have been with Jesus daily for three years, and they didn't get it. He had been teaching them daily for three years, and they still didn't fully get it. And even at times, like when Peter did kind of get it, uh, Jesus said what he said: "Hey, this isn't because you're just really smart. He said this is something that has been revealed to you. This has been made known." That you're able to understand this, and so Jesus here, after his resurrection, he's with the disciples, and he's going through the Old Testament, and he's showing them these things. But it's not just like some kind of academic teacher that's, that's telling them things. You could there's kind of two ways you could interpret this. You can interpret this as he opened their minds to, to understand the scriptures. Just means that oh well, he was just explaining it really well to them. That's one way of interpreting. I prefer a more literal interpretation of this passage, which means that there's a supernatural thing that happens when God truly opens your mind to where you can understand the Scriptures. Where it's not just that you're reading words, it's not just that you're trying to, to wrestle intellectually with Because the words in and of themselves have some mystical power. But it's because they are God's words. And He is a living and active God. And He can make those words living and active in us. And so, what we all need in our life, just like these disciples who had been right there with Jesus for so long and yet they still didn't understand, what we all need is Necessary for us to, in the first place, come to to genuine savings. been around the Bible from the moment you can, you know, since you were conceived, like you know, some of us like nine months in the womb, we're going, into, going to church, um, There's the, the story is still true for us. years and they didn't get it yet. And then at this moment he opens their mind and they get it. So I encourage you, if that's you, to ask him. Say, Lord, open my mind and let me really get this. So that's on the on the one side, on the, the side where we're first coming to Jesus and we first really start to understand it. And it's a beautiful thing. But after that moment, we need the same thing in our life. How many of you, when you're reading you're reading the scriptures, hopefully you, you read it daily when you're reading, sometimes you you read something and you're just like, I got nothing out of that. I'm there. And I'll tell you usually what's going on in my life when that's the case. Usually, I'm trying to check a box off saying I read my Bible today. What you have for me out of this passage. Make these words alive. Make them real. Bring them to life in me. Today. Because you see, when I when I start my Bible reading with that, with that kind of attitude, I'll, I'll tell you a secret. God has even shown me things out of like the genealogies. Right? Where she's saying, like, so and so bequests so-and-so, so-and-so. Like, typically, when I get to those passages, I'm just reading on my own. I'm like, When I come to it in a humble spirit, asking the Lord to open my mind and let me see what He has for me out of who had a baby and what their name was, He shows me things. He reveals things to me that I'm like, oh yeah, well that person, well then this happened in their life, I know that from this scripture, and this and that, and oh, well because that person had that baby, well... Big deal. I like Jesus. So, yeah, let me read this. This is his history. So, anyway, um, the fact is, when we come to, to the Word of God, if we want it to really be alive, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. Here's Luke summing up his whole book. This is a hundred servants. Thus it is written that the Christ. That's what needs to become real in our lives. That's what needs to control our lives. That's what needs to lead us and guide us. Is the fact that the Christ, who's the Son of God, the perfect and holy one, say, oh, well, yeah, I got that back then when my mind was first open to it, but now I'm moving on to other things. No, that is central. If you ever move on past that, you've moved way too far. That is central, and that is key, and that's what we all need in our lives. It goes on. Jesus is saying this. And the repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. So, what is it that we proclaim, along with the fact of the gospel of what Jesus did? How it applies to us? How does it relate to us? What should we do in response?